Hey, welcome to another edition of Get It Right with Mike and Trey. I am Mike. And I'm Trey. Yes, he is. I promise you he is. <laughs> in uh, the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> but thank God not in the buff. Yeah, Whoa! No. Oh. Yeah, okay. Anyway. We're friends, but not that close. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we ain't that close, no. <laughs> I don't know about you, but... Hell, when I was at school, I didn't even want anybody seeing me naked in the locker room, yeah. and that was normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even want to be seen naked in there. You know. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I gotta get a little drink there. I'm slightly pot. Sure, sure. Swaller with the with the audience there. Yes, it's a vintage to twenty twenty. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's been a uh, it's been a hell of a week. We're sitting here on a, on a Thursday evening recording. This podcast, the 21st day of October. That's right. And it has been a hell of a week. This week has beat me up already, man. Has it really? Man, I, well, I hit the ground running Monday morning at 4.30. And I didn't hit the pillow until about 12.30 a.m. Tuesday. Yeah, that's a long day. I mean, it was oh, exhausting. And I'm still kind of... Kind of catching up a little bit here, but anyway, it's it's gonna be okay. How about you? What's what's it been like? Man? Well, it's it's been. I I took a week off last week and yeah. went out of town, took a road trip. Yeah, and so yeah, coming back, you know, when you when you own a business and run a business, yeah. nobody does your job while you're gone. No, so no. I had my laptop and I worked while I was gone, but there's still there's mail to open, there's papers, there's this, that, and the other. So yeah, I came up here and worked all day Monday, which our store is closed on Mondays. We're closed on Sundays and Mondays, so I worked all day Monday. And then it's just been kind of a whirlwind since then, try, trying to play catch up. Now, so, how do, how does that go over with your wife taking the work on the road? How how does she react to that? She she knows that that's what pays the bills. She knows that that road trip wouldn't be possible without me doing the work. There you go. So it's yeah. one of those. It is what it is. Yeah. And if you want to, got to make the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to make the money. This is our, this is how we make our living. And she understands. <clears throat> you know, there's times when I work late or. Take take the laptop on the road or something. Sure. She, you know, or get a bunch of phone calls. She might sneer just a little bit, but in the end, she knows that mm-hmm. that nice house we live in, and the or you know, decent house we live in, I should say, out yeah. in the country, and and yeah. the the road trip that we get to take or the vacation we get to take wouldn't yeah. be possible without all those hours of work. So yeah, it is what it is. It, it's he's got a pretty modest estate out there. It's only three or four thousand acres. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But it is nice living in the country. Oh, yeah. Someone, um, some some of you know this already, some of you don't, but I'm in the real estate business, and um, that's one of the other things I do. And someone was telling us a story the other day about a house for sale with, like, you know, four kitchens in it or something like that. I saw one uh, just today, in fact. It was 7,800 square feet, I think it was, of house. Wow. This is one house we're not yeah. talking like a house and then a mother-in-law house and a right. shop we're, we're talking, talking about, about one physical structure one physical structure 7800 and some odd square feet uh i want to say it had like two acres with it four million dollars oh wow. three point some million dollars i mean just a that's a lot a of pallet. well it's i mean the place is very it is very it's palatial. palatial. Yeah. It is palatial. <laughs> it's a, as Robin Leach would say, he lives on his palatial estate. <laughs> Lifestyles of the rich and famous. You know, I'm the- hollering and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's got you know, like the travertine tile, oh, you yeah. know, and all this kind of stuff. 
and everything looks very polished and white and marble like and yeah like you're gonna slip and fall on it you know <laughs> and i'm sure whoever owns this house doesn't want you to slip and fall yeah, in no. it. but uh i guess i'm good good liability <laughs> but very palatial place but at the price tag it's like you know this is something that a wealthy person just buys and is that in North Texas? It, no, it's not in North Texas. Okay. It's, it is in Texas, but it's not in North Texas. It's in South Texas. Oh, yeah. You get down to the hill country and stuff like that, and the prices go crazy. Oh, man. Austin Pe- is oh. out of this world. People man. don't realize it. Now, a lot of people move from California to Texas, and the, one of the reasons they do is if they've mm. owned a house there, if they own it outright or mm. if they've owned it long enough to have a lot of equity in it, yeah. they sell that house. They move to Texas. They get to buy a bigger house, yeah. nicer place. And paid completely paid for and have money in the bank. And money left over. And I've met so many people that have done that. They've done that very thing. And they, and they get the hell out of California. Yeah. They, well, they, they get out of the land of fruits and nuts. They come out here and they got, you know, three quarters of a million dollars or a million dollars or even more in their pocket when they hit, hit the state line. And like you said, they can buy a lot more house for less money. And more often than not, they get some acreage with it, too. Yes. You know, they get, they get some... Some um, elbow room. Yeah. You know, out there... You know, if you got a you got a house with a half acre lot, you own a bunch of property. You oh know? yeah. Here, it's not unusual to see people drop three or four hundred grand on a house and get ten acres with it or or more. Yeah. Depending on where it is. Even yeah. five acre lots. I mean, there's a oh, lot of yeah. places out where I live in Clay County, which uh, is one county away from where we're, we were sitting now. Uh, yeah. There's a lot the area where I live. Yeah. There's a lot of five acre, five and ten acre lots out there. Yeah, and and that's that started happening here. Um, you know, a couple, three decades ago, some of this property started getting broken up into five and 10 acre tracks and sold off. And it was a lot of ranches. There were a lot of ranches that were family ranches from the 1800s and early 1900s that people quit ranching. And it's like one of those deals. It's like the kid, the mom, the, the people that started the ranch, the mom and dad, the patriarch matriarch, they're gone. Yeah. And a lot of their kids, you know, maybe even the second or third generation ranch for a while or mm-hmm. farm for a while, they don't want to do it anymore. And the new generation damn sure doesn't want to do it anymore. No, I don't know how. And so they can make a lot of money by yeah. taking this large tract of land and breaking it up and selling it off. And then people love to get it's, out in the country and they're not too they're close to town. Right. So right. so they're close to amenities, but they're just out of town a little ways and it's pretty it, it's it works out well. You know, five acre lot gives you a, a little bit of elbow room, and yeah. <clears throat> you can come by Eddie Hills Fun Cycles and buy a mower and take it because you guys sell those too. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, if you yeah. happen to buy a place here in North Texas, Hustler uh, Mower, absolutely. You know, yeah. you, right here's your headquarters for it, right here. The Hustler headquarters, yeah. right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They clarify we're talking about lawn mowers. Lawn mowers, yeah. Not, Hustler turf, t- turf equipment. Yeah, and not naked, sweaty women. So, That's right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, so we, we got a couple things to cover. Uh, you, you gave me an interesting topic here today, Trey. People using weakness or problems as currency. Yeah. We, we are seeing more and more of this in society. What has happened in the course of the last year, this this hot damn mess called the pandemic, has given more and more people license to do this now, I think, than ever before. We got a whole generation of people that are growing up thinking it's okay to do this. Kind of explain to people what you mean, though, using weakness or problems as a currency. Well, okay. 
here's the thing. We all have problems. Everybody does. We're human beings. Exactly. We all have weaknesses. We have foibles. We all do. But what you want to do as a human being, or what I always want to do and always want people around me and what I wish for my children to do yeah. and stuff, is to understand and accept that you have those foibles, that you have those weaknesses, that you have issues, but try to overcome them and try to d- downplay them as much as you can yeah. and, and play up your strengths. Yeah. And I've seen this, and the pandemic's made it worse, like you said, Mike, but what I've seen over the last decade or so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> people going on TV or just people you see everywhere, and it's like, I did something because I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand you have anxiety. I'm not, I'm not ca- discounting or I have depression. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting what you have. I get it. But the more you talk about it, you're speaking it into existence a little bit rather than trying to say, yeah. trying to put yourself in the mindset of, I don't, I'm, I don't have depression or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to try to overcome that depression and overcoming problems, anxiety, depression, physical limitations or whatever it is. When you overcome those, it makes you a stronger person. Mm-hmm. But what's happened is it's people now go, oh, I have depression and, and, and they're using it as a, almost like a trump card. Hey, you can't get onto me because I have this or because I have this. Okay, here's a here's a news flash. People have had anxiety and depression and mental disorders and physical disorders from the beginning of time. It's true. Okay? Yep. But the difference was people didn't try to rely on them as excuses. If you bullshit yourself enough, mm-hmm. you can put anything else on an excuse. You can when you make a mistake, you have to own that mistake internalize it. I made a mistake. Not because I didn't make a mistake because I'm depressed or because I'm anxious. Maybe that is the case, Mm -hmm. but the more you, you internalize that and even worse, the more you externalize that to other people. And and they're almost like I said, it's almost like people are using it as currency, almost like dollar bills. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, I screwed up, but here's why. Mm -hmm. As opposed to I screwed up period. I'll do better next time. Yeah. Yeah. You learn from your mistakes and move forward. And and that's what you should do anyway. You, you know, yeah. you, you, it's a, you know, use it as a teaching moment. Yeah, you learn something from it and you move forward. But you know, here in the last, in the last almost two years now, what have we had with this pandemic? So we had the government tell everybody to stay home, and then they start sending out checks, <coughs> stimulus money, is going out to people for, um, you know, two thousand here, a thousand there, whatever it was, you know. And what are you doing, though? You're telling people, well, hey, because we're sick as a society right now and we're being quarantined or shut down or whatever you want to call it, oh, they'll pay me to stay home. Oh, hell, you mean somebody will pay me just to be here and play like I'm afraid to go out in the, in the into the world? Now we're enabling this kind of behavior. Yes. We are rewarding it. We're monetizing it. And there is a push right now. Of course, there's this bill that's going through Congress, one of the, uh, the spending bill that's, that they're trying to get done is three and a half trillion dollar, whatever the hell, one of the components of that bill would make the child tax credit, a monthly payment, which has been happening. Right. I think it happened. I think it's going on through next spring or something like that. Right. Now they're, they want to extend it for like four years. And so if you've got if you for every child you have under the age of 17 you'll get uh $300 a month. And if they're uh you know if they're 
under 18 or if they're 17 to 18 years old or you get something else. Anyway, it, I can't remember the exact language of it. But this is going to be a monthly payment to people with children. Well, here's the trick. Here's what people don't understand. That's coming off your taxes. You already get a child tax credit. That's right. And so what's going to happen is if you rely on your, mm-hmm. if you were, if you're one of the people that rely on yep. the ta- your tax refund as a, uh, as a, your savings for the year, which is mm-hmm. not a smart financial move, by the way, oh, it's not, you know, but there are people that I got so-and-so the government gave me, no, the government, all they did was hand you your money back. That's right. Now, some people, they gave you more than your money yes, back because they, they gave me, gave you your money back and they gave you some of my money Exactly. But, but as a taxpayer. But, but for the people that paid in and then they get money back, what's going to happen is if you plan, if you go, okay, in February, I'm going to buy new furniture because mm-hmm. I'm going to get all this extra money. No, you're getting it monthly now. Yeah. And unless you're putting that stuff in the bank, you're not going to have that mm-hmm. at, at the end here. So you're not getting more child tax credit than you already had. You're just getting it in, in monthly sums rather than at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and so... This is going to leave a lot of people flat-footed. Oh, how many people are going to owe? Oh, how many people are going to owe? They're, they're going to yeah. owe the IRS because they've been getting this monthly tax check, and, and there's all of a, a sudden they, they they don't get that tax credit at the end of the year because yeah. it's going to be. Did you do you have a child tax credit of whatever ten thousand dollars? I don't know the number because it's been a while since I've had children. Right there, yes or no? Oh, now how much did we send you during the year? Yeah. Sent me nine thousand. Oh, well, your child tax credit on your tax return is only going to be a thousand bucks. Well, if you haven't paid enough in taxes, yeah, you might not be getting a refund. You may be being owning or owing Uncle Sam. There's a whole bunch of people in our society that that don't pay taxes. They haven't paid taxes. Some of them ever. Um, you you've got a a generational situation here where you've got people that, you know. Yeah, maybe they've got a job and they work and they pay in, but they're you know they're paying in a couple three thousand dollars a year or whatever, and they're getting ten or twelve thousand dollars back on the other side. Yeah, because they get all these credits, and so they've never really paid taxes. They they've never really owed anything, and then there's some of us that we haven't gotten anything back in years. Oh hell and no, years. I, I, and to be honest, I intentionally want to make sure I write. I want to write the check the IRS a check every year, not mm-hmm. a huge check. Right. But I want to write them a check because if I get a refund, that means that they kept my money for interest free because they're not going to pay you any interest. Oh, no, by the way, don't pay them and find out if they if if they collect interest because the IRS does collect interest. Oh, they do. They do. Well, you know, you put the and IRS together, it does spell theirs, and that's what they think. It's all theirs. <laughs> but, 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 yes, it goes back to this. What happens is in society because we've become kind of become a, a weak society in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. people have found out that if they say, I have anxiety, I have depression, I have a this, or I think I'm a girl, or I think I'm a boy, or I'm a whatever, <laughs> that other people give in to, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Well, they give them a pass. You can do what you want, yeah. you can be what you want, you can do whatever, because you get a pass because you feel this way. Yeah. And so now you're using that, and all you're doing, by the way, if you enable these people, that's what it's called, is enabling from a psychology standpoint. Mm-hmm. All you're doing, it's like Pavlov's dog. You're going to make it worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You got to push back. You've got to occasionally, when you have somebody, if you have, especially if you have a child or a teenager or something, and they keep saying, "Oh, I had this and I had mm-hmm. that," go, "Yes, I understand that." But look, what do we do to make it better? Well, you look at look at what's happened in the last <coughs> in the last couple of years. We we've let this small, you know, one half of one percent or less of the population force us to undo 
so much of our culture, our traditions, everything. Yeah. For what? So we don't piss somebody off? So they don't get hurt feelings? So they don't call us bad names? Really? This is ridiculous. Well, this is how the Democrat Party is operating right now. Uh, it's totally. The, the, totally. the AOCs and, and the, those that are the far, the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs and the far leftists. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not so much Bernie Sanders because he's been around for a million years, but it's the vocal, it's the AOC and the Talib Rashad and all. But for some reason, people are scared of these people. Instead of terrified. telling them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> terrified. Was what you need to do or yeah. piss off. Yeah. The, they, they want you to apologize. And when you apologize, then they just keep pushing more yeah. and more. It's why it's called the progressive movement, because it progresses. It never stops. I'll tell you what, though. They have they have now, they've gone way beyond progressivism. Now we steeped all the way over into leftism. Oh, yeah. You know, which is a whole other category of progressivism. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a category that now is teetering on the edge of communism and Marxism. That's right. And, and, and there are, it, it's hard for me to, to wrap my head around it. We have people in our society right now and people in politic, positions of political power who actually don't have a problem with communism, who actually think that Marxism is a great thing. It's a great philosophy. They are, they are they, you either have to be utterly clueless about the facts of communism or you are complicit in the in the destruction of this country because communism is a deadly destructive evil force show me where it's worked it's well, if, if you if you believe this yeah. if you believe in it that's great show me where it's worked I, i'm hey i'll listen to anything yeah. I, you know i i'm not going to i'm not going to buy into it but i'll listen to anything you show me where communism mm-hmm. has worked or even really socialism and i know people want to say well there's some great places like Finland and and this and that with socialism. Finland. There, there, you know, there are places that socialism does work pretty well, but here's the problem. It works well when everything's going swell. Yeah. But the shit hits a the fan, they can't defend themselves. Well, hell, look at... What, what's going to happen What's going to happen if Germany decides to come a-knocking again? Yeah. You know what happened last time to Finland and, and, uh, and Norway and all them? It, they just gave up. Yeah. Because they can't defend themselves. They got rolled. You know, they, they they pay a lot in taxes. They demand a whole lot from their government, but they and they talk about their healthcare system. Here's the thing, they their healthcare does a great job at maintaining people who are healthy. Mm-hmm. They have no innovation. All mm-hmm. their innovation and in drugs and stuff has to come from America and right. Japan. The only places that you can afford to innovate mm-hmm. because it costs a lot of money to innovate. It does so all these places you want to point to Norway or Holland or Sweden or no, whatever. Yeah, not, they're no. great places. If you want to have a small population that's very homogenized yeah. and you want to try to keep them healthy and there's no there's no aggression that breaks out. What's all popu- that works if that's great. It's population to Finland, like El Paso. Exactly. Well, I mean, come on, seriously. But but that's that's the problem. People talk about how great that is. It's like, yeah, but they have their foibles. Once again, what's the number one thing? China decides to come knocking on your door, or Germany or somebody else. Russia, the mm-hmm. sun decides to come knocking on your door. The only person you can be able to do is turn to America and go, "Please help us." <laughs> exactly. Well, I think yeah, you know, I think it was Reagan that said, uh, you know, if we if we disappear, if if we're there's nowhere left to run, there's nowhere left to go. We are it. America is it. You know that shining city on the hill stuff. We're it. You lose this country, and the, can you imagine? Can you imagine? 
what the world would look like today were it not for the United States of America? Oh, who knows? Well, what, I mean, well, first well, off, everybody be speaking German or, or, or Japanese, Japanese, one of the two. Yeah. And and at some point, they'd probably have a pissing contest. But yeah, but for sure, it would. They'd be speaking German or Japanese right now. If it were not for the United States of America, you would not recognize. First of all, Europe as it exists today would not exist. Asia as it exists today probably would not exist. The North American continent, Canada, you and the United States, Mexico, none of this would be the same today. It would be the war, the whole world would be a, a, a greatly different place if the United States of America, if this if this great constitutional republic experiment had not existed and hadn't lasted for over two hundred and forty years now. And you wouldn't have all the stuff, the innovation you have, because capitalism was what drove that. Yeah, you can go, hey, Japan and China. Yeah, Japan and China make a lot of cool shit now, mm-hmm. but they didn't before World War II. Mm-hmm. Japan was they were still very feudal. In China and Japan, their society were they were very traditional people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're smart, but just because you're smart, if you have no if you have no drive to make things better or innovate, right. Right. and and what's what's the number one thing that drives people to innovate? Money. Money. Yeah. And that's why that's why America has led the world in innovation. Yeah. Here, here's a here's a someone comes up with an idea or a concept that can generate revenue. And how many, how, first of all, oh, this is, this is an interesting little factoid. There were 800,000 800, new entrepreneurs created during the pandemic. Wow. These are people that lost their job or got locked out of their job or something, something forced them to go out on their own and do something on their own. Something they haven't done before, and 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 they've they've created new. Now, are are all those new businesses going to survive? Probably not. No. Are all those new businesses going to be multi million dollar concepts? Most likely not. But if ten percent of that number, if eighty thousand of them, are successful, think of the new revenue that generates in local economies all over the country. That's right. The new dollars it could pull into economies all across the country. Seven times. If you drop a dollar in a top, it bounces around seven times. So there's the kind of currency you want to trade in. That's right. Not this poor pitiful me. Oh, my God. My head hurts. My ass hurts. And my feelings are hurt. Somebody give me some sympathy. (laughs) Stop it already. Yeah. Stop it already. This one, I got a twist on this one for you. What's that? The paid maternity or paternity leave. For, for government, government employees. employees. All, so this whole, this, this, this has been discussed before, I know. But this latest discussion about this all centers around, is it the transport? Trans- Secretary, Secretary of Transformation. Se- Secretary Transportation. of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, well, or as, or as uh, Donald Trump, you say, Pete Buttigieg. Edge, edge. <laughs> he then, would say, they told me to say it that way, edge, edge. This is one of the failed Democratic nominees for president. He was the mayor of... What, was it South Bend, Indiana? Yeah, I think it was South Bend. And apparently he sucked at that too. Anyway, he he yeah. went on two months maternity leave. Paternity leave. Paternity Because he's leave. a dude. That's right. Paternity leave. I'm sorry. Paternity leave. I'm used to saying maternity leave because usually we give the women 
Yeah. You know, they they, they well, have the baby. This this paternity leave stuff is is new to begin with. It's a it's a relatively new concept. Well, Pete and his husband. Husband. Yeah. Uh so he took too much paternity leave. Because they adopted kids. Not that either one of them gave birth. Right. They, they adopted, adopted a child. And so now we're having this discussion about paid maternity or paternity leave for government employees. And they're not talking days or weeks as most women would get when they give birth to a child. We are talking two months or more. Mm-hmm. I heard, I know I heard one proposal. I, I can't remember who said it. It was, um, what's, it wasn't Fox News. I was, I was watching one of the others, if CNN or MSNBC or something. And someone threw out the proposal of, Six months of bonding time for the mother and father. Six months. And not one or the other be off, but both parents, if they're together, be off. And six months of paid leave. So all you got to do is during that bonding time, you know what you're going to do, aren't you? You're going to get her pregnant again. Yeah, you just start all (laughs) over. So you'll you'll basically be on on six months and off six months. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, this is ridiculous. It's insane. Here's the thing. It's insane. Here's the thing. I have no problem with maternity leave to the person who gave birth. There's, it's a medical thing. It happens for government employees. Not paid, though. Right. Because having a baby is a choice. Yeah. And so if you want to have a baby, that's great. And I encourage it. Yeah. I think it's good for society to replenish the stock. Yeah. Now, if you got vacation time, that's that you it. Use that's, your PTO, okay, your vacation you know. time, or save up and decide, uh, you know, I have a month's vacation time, but I want to take two months off. Yeah, I don't think you ought to lose your job. You should right. have now. There, there need the six weeks or six months is too long. Oh, that's I don't know ridiculous. if it needs to be capped at two months, or I don't know what the law is. Maybe it may be different from state to state. But yes, there a period of time. I'm going to take off a period of time. I'm going to use up all my vacation or not get paid. Yeah. But I can't lose my job over that period of time. And I'm okay with that. But yeah. this crap, but people, I've gotten into discussions with, um, and teachers, by the way, are government paid employees. And at least in Texas, they do not get paid for maternity leave. They can take off, right. but they don't get paid. And I've had these discussions and people say, well, that's not, that's not right. Well, yes, it is right. Why should the taxpayer pay you to go have a baby? Right. Uh, and, and this is perfect example. Why should the taxpayer pay for Pete Boot Edge Edge to, to, to be off? No, if you want to take off for two months, go take off for two months. I don't care. And by the way, we have this little problem going on right now with supply chain issues oh. and all these ships that are that are, are anchored off the coast of. And he, but he's only the Secretary of Transportation, and and he's on paid paternity leave. My now my son. My son got paternity leave. He worked for Capital One. Mm-hmm. You know why I don't have heartburn? Because Capital One's a private company. If they want to pay somebody, which I think it's silly, mm-hmm. but if Google or Capital One or whomever wants to pay paternity right. and maternity leave, right. that's their money. It's like I like I said, I own a business, you own a business. If I want to go out, down out here and hand 
$100 bills to every one of my employees or burn money. If I want to sit here and burn all my profits, I can do that because yeah. it's not your money. But the second you start using taxpayer money. Yeah, you, you get into the into the public treasury. It's public treasury is public money, and yep. you have to be sensitive to that. Well, and, you know, and here's the thing, too. Most places, I think most places I've known that had maternity leave, I think I want to say six weeks is kind of like the magic I think I think that's about common, yes. You know, uh, particularly if, if the woman delivers the baby by cesarean section, you know, C-section. That's a, that's a major operation. So you're going to need some time to heal from that. But I think six weeks has been kind of the magic number. Two months, uh, that's that's eight weeks. And then when you start getting into six months, you got to be kidding me. 180 days. It could of, just be your job to have kids. Exactly. Well, you, like you said, you just keep getting her pregnant and just keep spitting out kids. Six months on, six months off. You know, just keep running at it. Have Irish twins. <laughs> If people don't know what that is, that's when you have two kids that are pretty close. To, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what the exact number is, yeah. but within, you know, 12, 13, 14 months of each other, yeah. you know, it's basically, you basically almost didn't get out of the hospital, you know. My grandsons it's, are Irish twins. It's a semi-private room, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're 11 months apart. You yeah, know? That, that's, that's, I think that would constitute Irish twins, yeah. yes. Yeah, if you're in a, in a shared room with somebody else, the other person is laying over there going, this is so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, I can't watch. Let her get out of the hospital. I mean, I want to watch, but I can't yeah. watch. Anyway. Uh, so <laughs> That's nasty. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're going to wrap up this podcast here. We will be back with another episode, another edition, another 30 minutes of brilliance called Get It Right with Mike and Trey coming at you very, very soon. Until then, guys, take care. We'll see you down the road. <laughs>